0: Hi, I'm Lisa Morton, founder of Roland Transville PR, and this is our We Built This City podcast. This podcast is made of the conversations of the Mancunians born, bred and adopted that put the heart into modern Manchester. We're a city that literally rebuilt itself after the IRA bomb exploded in Manchester City Centre in 1996. While the city continues to grow brick by brick, we know that what makes it great are the people that come together day in and day out even in times of crisis. Hello and welcome to this special episode of We Built The City. On the 15th of June 1996, a bomb planted by the IRA exploded in the centre of Manchester. The area around Corporation Street and the Arndale Shopping Centre was decimated. The city was locked down and thankfully because of the hard work of the 20 police officers who within an hour managed to evacuate 80,000 people, no lives were lost. I set Roland Dransfield up one month after that fateful day, meaning I was fortunate enough to be part of the efforts to rebuild Manchester, working to build and strengthen purposeful relationships that would in turn help to make Manchester the greatest city on earth. So in this episode, I've gathered together some of the recollections and lessons from our previous guests. These are wonderful Mancunians who have recalled what June the 15th looked like for them and have spoken of the resilience and strength that our city showed at the time. And as we find ourselves amid a global pandemic now, this message feels more relevant than ever. I hope these stories will bring you renewed hope for the future of our city and the people that make it incredible. First, we hear from iconic Manchester music maker, Clint Boone. Do you remember the day of the IRA bomb, what you were doing?
1: Yeah, I remember it well. I couldn't tell you the date, but I can remember it well because I was living in Milnero at the time and there was a few things that were going on. So one thing was the Inspirals had split up amicably in spring of '95. In 96, Mute Records, who were our record label, released a compilation of um, our singles. And we were no longer working with the label, so they put this album out, and I think they reissued a single. I knew that it was being shown on the uh, chart show that Saturday. And the other thing was that we'd had a TV advert that was out at the time for the first ever in-car CD player. So Sony had made this TV advert. They were using one of our songs, I Want You, as part of the TV ad, So I was going into Manchester to get a load of free clothes off my mate, Carl. He worked for a company called, I think it was called Cottonworks at the time. They had an office on Oldham Street, and he said, come down, I'll give you some gear. Come down on Saturday afternoon, whatever. So knowing that we were going to be on the chart show, and that our our TV advert was on, and it was likely to be shown, I I got my VHS player uh, video recorder, and I put a three-hour tape in it, and left it recording, knowing that we'd be on the chart show Mm. and the, uh, the TV advert at some point. And... I set off into Manchester, and I was driving down. I remember it well, because it was a nice day from what I remember. It was definitely dry, bright. But as I came through Miles Platten, I realised that there was loads of people by the side of the road walking away from the city, and I thought, there's been a, an event on, like, a carnival or something, and they're walking away from us That's what it looked like. something had just finished, and everybody's walking away. And I was driving, I just, and then I realised that nobody was smiling. And then I realised there was a lot of smoke over the city. And then as I got nearer... The Daily Express building, all that, realised that the roads were cordoned off. And I just thought, I've got to get to Carl because he's got a load of free clothes that I want. <laughs> I didn't realise there was anything so serious. tragic that had happened. I just thought, something's gone on, but I'll go and see Carl anyway. So I parked my car somewhere, I can't remember, somewhere in that northern quarter part of town, I got rid of my car, and I'm walking past these ro- uh, roadblocks and a lot more shocked-looking people. And I found Carl in his office waiting for me and there was like a few windows nearby that had gone through and that. And he sat there, like, all right, Clint, come for your gear. I'm like, yeah. I was what's going on? He says, been an explosion or something. Uh anyway, there's your gear. <laughs> so I got my Anna rack and my, my shirts and all that. But I didn't realise what had happened until I got back home and um drove out of town. Because I didn't go into the city any further than uh I think it might have been Il- Ilton Street we were on, just off Oldham Street. Got back home and by then I heard the news about what had happened. So when they eventually put me VHS tape on, there was in spirals on the chart, show with Joe, whatever. And then soon after the news flashes started coming up about the bomb on the on the tape. Like I said, thankfully, nobody was mm. killed. I think some people were injured, yeah. weren't they? But and a lot of trauma for the city. When things like that happen, I think in any city people pull together. You know, in any any community people would pull together what I feel that Manchester is such a warm community of people that, yeah, we, we do help each other out at times like that.
2: Manchester, for me, is is my backbone. Mm. So when I talk about resolve and resilience, I go to a place that has always propped me up. You know, Longside, Mossside, Hume, Old Trafford, they are my solid ground where I feel most comfortable But you can't talk about Manchester and solid ground without talking about the people. As athlete Diane Medal emphasises,
0: the DNA of Manchester is its people. And there was an overwhelming sense of community in the weeks and months following the IRA bomb. All of my guests on We Built The City have been crucial people in the growth of Manchester in one way or another. Carl Austin Behan was the first openly gay Lord Mayor of Manchester and without a doubt put the people first during his year's post. Here Carl records his memories of the day. One question we ask everybody on the podcast is, do you remember what were you doing at the time of the IRA bomb?
3: I was driving back from visiting some friends. I was in the Air Force at the time, so I wasn't living in Manchester. And I remember hearing on the the news uh, that there'd been some explosion in Manchester. I pulled up into a service station. I I tried to phone my mum at home, didn't get through, and... My brother happened to have a mobile phone and they were in Heaton Park and they asked, they wondered what it was. So they heard the explosion and could see smoke from Heaton Park, but didn't know what it was. So I then went over to see some friends in, in Biggleswade in, in Bedfordshire. Then the Monday, when I saw the pictures on the on the TV, I felt that I needed to get back to Manchester because I wanted to see the city myself. Because I I couldn't understand what had happened. I'd have been, what, 24 at the time. And I just saw what it did. And I remember some of those buildings that were there. I remember the old insurance building that was opposite the old ramp when you went into Argos, where you used to have the Avery that used to go into the Arndale Centre. You know, things like that that went overnight, just, just disappeared. And, you know, when I look back then, I remember reading reports about the fact that The government weren't really being very sort of financially supportive. So it was more of a a Manchester did this and a Manchester sort of paid the way out of a lot of the the things that happened. Having the leadership we had back then was so powerful and and it needed strong leadership to be able to pick Manchester up and to sort of get it through that stages. And, you know, again, quite controversial. Some people say that this isn't the right thing to say, but I think it did a lot for Manchester. I personally think that if it hadn't have been for, for what happened we'd probably only now be getting world-class status of things that we should have been getting. You know, there's no way we would have got the Commonwealth Games. There's no way we'd have got certain things that we've done in Manchester. So, thankfully, no-one died. But at the same time, it made us stronger.
4: I'm from Manchester, and what Manchester has been through for the last, I've been here, 48 years but more so for me, Manchester, what it's been through for the last 25, 30 years and the change of the city, especially from the Manchester IRA bomb in 1996, then that's what keeps me going, basically.
0: That was Manchester's own Sarah Collins talking about this city's fortitude. You'll hear more from Sarah soon. This is a special edition of We Built the City about how Mancunians can rebuild a city out of adversity. If you're a Mancunian old enough to remember June the 15th, 1996, you'll definitely remember where you were. The explosion tore down buildings and spread fear through the city, something that actor John Thompson will never forget.
5: Unbelievable what happened. I was at the Royal Exchange in The Rivals with Maureen Lipman and Tony Britton, yeah. Yeah. and I was playing uh, Bob Akers, who's like the country bumpkin who wants to be a gentleman. So we're doing that play, and it was the old exchange. There was a different setup in the theatre yeah. there. I remember. Coming off after my kind of second stint in the second half, everyone running round, like, uh, people were crying and all the lights were off. And when the show actually came down, we had to evacuate the building. And I was like, what on earth? And at the time, I I, I was drinking and I went, is the bar shut? And they went, yes, John, it is. Get out, and get out. And I went... don't get a pint after the show and they went no you do not get out i was like i was absolutely devastated how dare you take my pint away from me after the gig anyway um what transpired was they'd had a coded ira phone call to say that we're gonna detonate after the show has come down but this is the worst part one of the cast at the time dominic had had an audition in london that day and was late the train was delayed so the show went up half an hour late so technically that was why there was a panic after the show is that the show probably came down about ten, yeah. but it came down at half ten. That could have gone off yeah. with a full cast and audience in the in the building. But looking back, terrifying
0: That was damaged so badly, wasn't it? The yeah, yeah, the whole the dome biggest...
5: came down, the glass the glass dome yeah, came down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean that then did trigger obviously under Sir Howard Bernstein, I mean, and Roland Ransfield then was involved in helping to kind of market and regenerate, and, regenerate. and obviously we've seen massive changes in the city. Huge!
5: Are I you... used to walk, walk from Greengate, yeah. when my dad worked, Greengate, yeah. Polymer Coatings, under the bridge and up. you come up at Shambles Square. Yeah. I remember Shambles Square was like a Safeways. Yeah, a there was city. a gun shop there called Sussex Armoury oh that sold guns. Like, right. rifles and handguns. <laughs> this is pre. Like this Manchester. is pre Madchester. <laughs> uh, it was a horrible seventies precinct, and then you'd walk down those. You know, those yeah. th- near near the Ramada, there was a waterbed shop there. I remember. Oh
0: my god! Yeah. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. It was the only one in like <laughs> yeah. what, the UK. <laughs> That's or so something. weird.
5: <laughs> but that whole area was awful. And then they moved, didn't they? They moved Sinclair's Oyster they did. Bar. They, moved it on they on, lifted
0: it on wheels, didn't they?
5: And, and repos- it's amazing that, yeah, isn't it's it? It's incredible. So that, that particular area of Manchester I knew was kind of, that was a
0: total change when it happened. I just couldn't recognise it. The explosion created £700 million worth of damage to the city. And there's one thing that I learned from setting up a business whilst helping to rebuild Manchester. There's always someone willing to help you with a problem. And you know that once you've built a relationship with someone in Manchester, you can always turn to them if you need their help. Like our brilliant City Council and its members, whose vision for the city is always big. Something that former BBC Radio Manchester producer Sarah Collins thinks was key to the regeneration of the city, as well as a little bit of the old Manchester blag. You know what? First and foremost, one of the
4: best things about Manchester is Manchester City Council. Manchester City Council, whether it's sport or not sport, their ability to see vision and to make things happen are second to none. So when you know where Manchester City Council come from, and if you go all the way back to after the bomb, and you go back to, I don't know if it was Sir Howard Bernstein, but it was probably Pat Carney, Richard Lease at the time, who was the leader of the council, and after the bomb, and Manchester was in a, a bit of a pickle, a bit of a mess, and they need to change the economy. And they basically did what all us Mancunians do, which is they blagged it. Yeah? And they told they told the country that um everyone's coming to Manchester everyone's coming to Manchester, everyone's coming. I was like, oh my God, everyone's going to Manchester. So everyone came. for well, what we said, we didn't really have, but then they came, so they made it happen. And then if you know as well, and you know, Lisa, because you, you're like me, you mank through and through, you look at Manchester and you think, right, okay. So they had the Commonwealth Games in 2002. That was amazing. Yeah, sort of. Actually, we'd gone for the Olympics, but we didn't get the Olympics. So Manchester being Manchester, I said, that's all right, we'll go for the Commonwealth Games. And we got the Commonwealth Games and we smashed the Commonwealth Games. And I will never forget, because I'd lived in London where working for the BBC in London at that point. And you had all the Londoners going, nah, 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 it's going to rain, it's going to be rubbish and it was beautiful sunshine, and I laughed my head off because it looked mint.
5: I think Manchester's got a wonderful sense of community. You know, our symbol says it all, the work could be. Unfortunately, we see it most when tragedies happen, you know, during the Manchester attack. During that, we really saw what Manchester is. are all different... Races, religions, they all came together that day. Those things are designed to tear us all apart. Well, Manchester's answer was no, we're all going to get together. Every member of the community, we're all going to get together right in the heart of the city and celebrate you know, us and what we are and coming together and we're all going to help each other.
0: That was Barbara Jed King from our very first episode. Thank you for listening to this bonus episode of We Built This City, remembering a day that changed Manchester's story forever. The coronavirus crisis has separated us from our loved ones, friends, family and neighbours in a time of global grief and fear. But as Jad King mentioned there, the Mancunian sense of community and resilience in the face of hardship has brought us through a crisis before and it will do so again. It's just the Manc way that in time will come together to build a stronger city with even stronger values. This was one of the main takeaways from my interview with Chris Brindley, MBE, another one of my guests whose story of the day of the IRA bomb is truly moving. Do you actually remember where you were on the 15th of June, 1996? Oh, Lisa,
6: absolutely. I remember my son was three years old. I kissed him on the head at seven o'clock in the morning. I kissed my wife on the head at seven o'clock in the morning. I said, I'll see you tomorrow. What are you going to do today? And Elaine said, "Uh, I think we're going to town. I went, all right, okay. And me and my brother-in-law and a few other lads jumped on a train to London because that day it was England v Scotland at Wembley. So we all jump on a train to London. Elaine's told me she's going into town. We have a few drinks. The sun is shining. And I'm sat there and I'm having a good few beers before getting on the train to Wembley. And then the news flash comes and there's a bomb going off in Manchester. All that I can ever remember, I was, I'd had a few, I sobered up like that. But the words ringing in my ears were, I think I'm going to go into Manchester. And we didn't have mobile phones then. So you just try to desperately, desperately ring home. You're queuing up at any phone box, forget the match. So I, I managed to uh, ring and there's no answer. So you just sit there and then you start watching the news as you do. You're just sitting there just praying that everything's going to be all right. And and literally I managed to get through to Elaine and at home and she answered the phone. And she said, oh, we changed our minds. We went to Maltringham. The wave of relief. And then literally we went to Wembley. We got in about 15 minutes late. We we enjoyed the game, but it was a bit subdued because I was with a load of my lads. And then we got the train back and. I'll never forget getting off the train at Piccadilly Station. There was nobody there. Just this eerie silence. But I'm with you, Lisa, from what you've said on the previous podcasts. No one died. Several people got hurt, and and that's truly terrible. But without that, bowman, I do not believe the city would have been rebuilt. Credit to Sir Howard Bernstein and Sir Richard Lees and the team that worked with them, like Eamon O'Rourke. I will never forget the 15th of June 1996. Um, But it wasn't because of Paul Gascoigne's goal. (laughs) It was that moment when I got through to home and those wonderful words, we decided to go to Altrincham instead, etched in my memory forever. And and ultimately, Mancunians help each other out, whether that was the 96 bomb, whether that was a bombing at the arena. um, We sit there and we come together and we look after each other. And I'm hoping that out of um, adversity comes a new normal. That new normal is predicated on love thy neighbour, care for each other, give people a hug, um, either physical or metaphorical, depending on what we're allowed to do. Um, But but planting those trees, I think, is something that we have a responsibility to do. And I think at the moment there's a phrase I've been using. Those people that give value during the current coronavirus circumstances will be remembered. Those that choose not to give value during the coronavirus crisis, they'll be remembered too.
0: Next, event planner Liz Taylor and menagerie owner Karina Jadav look back at how we've managed to regrow and unite from hardship in the past. And they're confident that we will again. First up, Karina. Karina reminds us what it was like building a business coming out of the last recession.
7: It's funny because when I first ever got up on a table in neighbourhood in 2012 and started dancing, everybody looked at me like I was absolutely mad, but they quickly joined in. And I was sober, I didn't use to drink. So I remember just being like, God, I'm just going to have to lead the way. Let's just get on with it, which um, it got the party going, really. Everyone loved it because it was like coming off the back of the recession and everybody was just ready to go wild. It was such a big part of almost like just breaking the rules. People felt like they were breaking the rules and it was just a bit more exciting than it just felt like it was the right time and the right place.
0: It felt certainly that when you're in there, you just didn't know when the party was just going to erupt. And that was always the element of surprise. You just never knew when it was going to happen.
7: You Never knew when that crazy sober girl was about to get up and start dancing on her own. <laughs>
0: the name Neighbourhood just captured everything because even though it was a bar in the middle of a really bustling part of the city, it just felt like your local pub because you go in there and all your friends have been there. Doesn't No matter what time of day, you have friends in that place. And it was that was a great time.
7: It was the perfect timing, but it was a special concoction because people were just kind of waking up again, weren't they? And it just, there was a magic to it that you can't can't buy and you can't force. It just happened quite organically. It was just an exciting time in the city for everybody kind of coming back out from hibernation.
0: I think you said that 2008 was the busiest or the, the most successful on record in hospitality after the recession that summer.
7: I think they were saying that it was absolutely wild and it was ridiculously busy because of the recession people weren't going away so they were spending their money in the city which is good news for us now you know in Mm. the current period.
0: Mm. I was on a webinar before and there was a general consensus that people just can't wait to get back into a restaurant or a bar so that's good to hear.
2: I love Manchester. Mm -hmm. I think Manchester, when the I, my business turned in 1996 after the IRA bomb. I'd started in 1986 and I set up the Taylor Lynn Corporation in 1995 with Diane Lynn, who was a florist. And in 96, when they bombed the city, which was totally, totally devastating. As will as and the same will come out of the coronavirus pandemic. Now is that we will come out stronger and better than before, and I think that's what Mancunians and Manchester is all about more so than anywhere else. The investment in the city in 96 was huge, it became the second city outside London. And for those anyone that was able to sort of look beyond could see the opportunities that were out there, and that's not from a greed perspective or sort of, you know, preying on on, on people that had been devastated or affected by the tragedy, but it was just basic business sense. We had an opportunity to rebuild the city, and the city was rebuilt. There's a whole host of people in the city that contributed to making Manchester what it is, and you will not get a better night out than a night out in Manchester. And do you think that in the current situation
0: that Manchester will take the same attitude to rebuild in a different way the city in the next kind of few months, the next year? There's obviously lots of changes. We all love going out. That's
2: one thing we can't do. Do you think we'll bounce back? Well, first of all, we'll definitely bounce back because we always bounce back. Mm. I think that it's very different because the economy has been hit so dreadfully which was not the case with the bomb. I mean, we've, you know, we've been through recessions, but we've never fortunately been through anything like this. The one good thing that may come out of this, if you can say a good thing comes out of it, is that first of all, the NHS will no longer ever be underestimated because there is nowhere other than in the UK that has an NHS system like we do. I think the other thing is that it's a leveler. I think that it, it's not going to matter how much money you've got, how much money you haven't got. I think it will be a great leveller because I think we will all reconsider our priorities and function accordingly. I think it'll take a long time to get confidence and trust back. But, you know, northerners are made of right tough stuff. Mm-hmm. And it'll take more than a virus to get rid of us.
0: That was event planner Liz Taylor demonstrating that we've built this city many times before and will build it again. I'll leave the last words to our Mayor Andy Burnham, who believes in Manchester's ability to build back better after coronavirus. We built this city, Lisa, but we're
6: going to have to rebuild this city now, aren't we? Because it is a bit of a rebuilding job, isn't it? You yeah. know, it's going to be a bit of a tough road ahead. But if everyone does kind of keep true to the to the faith and thinks about, yeah, how do we get back and be successful again? But how do we then give back? You know, I, I think we can build back better, definitely. And I do think it can define us because, yeah, we've got more going for us than than anywhere. It could be a moment where we really put the city properly on the on the global map.
0: All of my guests have helped to build the city by showing unwavering resilience, by being committed to the growth of the city and by joining together when it's needed most. For all of the damage that the 1996 IRA bomb caused, it was a time that Manchester showed what it's truly made of. And we do that every single time we need to be stronger together. Thank you for listening to this special edition of We Built The City. It's been really interesting listening to some of my previous guests on We Built This City. If you've not had a chance yet to listen to some of the earlier episodes, why don't you go back and have a listen now? This is a podcast by Roland Dransfield PR. Our mission is to build purposeful relationships in all we do. If you do want to talk to us, give us a call on the same number we've had for 24 years. 0161 236 1122.